Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I am, as always, George. Hi, George. Hey, guys. Could I propose that we take a holiday together to London? I know a real great place, about mm, 45 minutes north of London, deep in the woods, homey, relaxing. You might get murdered. How does that sound? You could propose it, but I am not having sex with you. No. Oh. Well. Or. Yeah. I mean, guys, what's the point of all the travel if the. Oh. If it doesn't pay off. <sighs> anyway. Listen, <laughs> if I have to sleep with Owen Wilson or his old mother, I'm going to have an issue. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, guys. We watched Whirlpool. <laughs> we watched Whirlpool from 1970. Uh, we've been talking about this movie on and off for two and a half, nearly three years now. It is very underseen. Some would argue justifiably. Uh, <laughs> I would argue that. <laughs> this is yep. uh, a movie directed by Jose Ramon Larraz. It's his first movie. Uh, he went on to do other Raz movies that you haven't seen, but you probably should. Larraz al Ghul. yes. Larraz uh, al <laughs> As with a couple of the movies we've done on the show, because it is underseen, if you want the pure experience, go watch this movie. It's on... Prime Video, it's on Arrow's uh, streaming service. Go watch the movie, think, and then we I will think he's spoil it at the bit. As go we watch go. it now. <laughs> but this movie is full of boobs, and it is depraved in many ways. And uh, it is, I'm going to argue, a relative of both Friday the 13th and another series of films from the United States a couple of years later. And it doesn't get enough credit as the progenitor of those movies. So if you're a big Jason fan, or if you like other movies from that era, stick with us. We might make a compelling argument that you need to go see this movie. I think it is justifiable. I think it's freaking awesome. Uh, this movie is deep and dark and evil, full of malice and despair. And the whole world looks like late November in this movie the whole time. It's wonderful. So it fits in right here on our show. So stick with us. Let's see. If I can convince you to go watch it, because I don't know that these two guys liked it on their first watch. <laughs> two watches. You know us too well, Dan. I know. Was it better than Wild Things, though? Yeah. I mean, it actually has quite a bit in common with Wild Things, but we'll get into that it later. Does. It does. That's funny. Uh, no I, Kevin Bacon, though. It had a lot to do with Showgirls, too. I was it, it actually felt a lot like Showgirls. I thought the same thing. I, I thought... It was full of nudity and not sexy at all. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah it was, there's all these boobs that I don't care about. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it fits in the show. Hey, guys, if nothing else, this is the time to discuss Whirlpool by Jose Ramon Larraz. Let's get into it a little bit. Now, <laughs> this movie... <laughs> is uh maybe provocative on purpose maybe sure. full of despair absolutely uh, it, there's a lot of menace i feel like a majority of this movie is like not very interesting things happening but in a menacing way to where you can't feel comfortable like slacking off and not paying attention because at any Did moment you say slacking off <laughs> I did. Okay. You know, whatever sure. else you might be doing during this movie, you might not feel comfortable that wasn't happening. fully committing oh, <laughs> to it. Uh, because, yeah, it, things are happening that are either mundane or sexy uh, on the face of it. But then because of the ambiance and atmosphere of this movie, everything feels like menacing and off-putting. And you can't really get comfortable with, you know, fully committing to any kind of offing. Uh, at all, uh, which is awesome. Uh, soundtrack here with Silvio Cipriani, which if you watch uh, Italian Giallos or movies from that era, he did a lot of the good music from those movies. So you'll you'll be uh, with a familiar soundtrack guiding you through this insane little web that they're building north of London. Did you notice, George, if he talks fast enough, we won't inject anything. Yeah, I just keep it moving so you guys don't ruin my mood. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, keep it moving. Keep When he said slacking <laughs> off, and, uh, and you were like, slacking off? And I was like, dude, if you're jacking <laughs> off to this, you have a problem. Go see Kelp. Uh, <laughs> see Kelp, yes. Seek help. So, that might be the best selling point for people that are like on the fence about even bothering to watch this movie is George says it's impossible to check off too. 
That's yeah, that's the challenge for this week <laughs> with two stars next to it Should with the quotes. I'm putting that on our on our thumbnail for YouTube. Change my Impossible mind. Impossible to jack off to. <laughs> one star. One star. Could not get it up. One one uh, half angry pickle. <laughs> one downward eggplant. <laughs> oh shit. <gasps> one star. Would not recommend. <laughs> What's funny is I. Are we allowed to inject or? Yeah, no, please jump yeah. in. Can we say inject? Okay. Sure. <laughs> I had a, a strange feeling watching this movie because it felt, um, again, I'm 47. Mm-hmm. When did this come out? 70? 1970. Seven? 70, okay. So growing up in the 80s, we had a channel here in the Philly area called Prism. Prism was like cable, like HBO, but local. So you get your flyers. Your Sixers games on there, but you got your sexy movies, your late night movies, or whatever. That's a one stop shop if ever I've heard yeah. of one. So you it's, could you could watch the you it's know paid for television. It's so pay, it's, it's cable it's the stuff that you want to see. Right. So you're yeah. gonna watch the Flyers win or lose, watch Doctor J slams dunk some balls, uh-huh. and then watch like Emmanuel or something, whatever, at night when you weren't really allowed to watch boob movies and you're like, oh, but Prism's where to go, or Cinemax or whatever. Yeah, sure. So this movie reminded me of those kind of movies that I would sneak to watch when I was in my early teens. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they would call them Skinemax movies. Mm Mm-hmm. But on Prism, there were a lot of foreign Movies was like Emmanuel and stuff like that, where they was like voiceover dubbed or whatever. Terrible acting, terrible situation. But every five minutes, somebody someone was naked. Yep. And they that, do they do that thing where like uh, where they the actors act the movie, and then someone else or maybe the same actors record the audio, right. and they try to lay it over top, right. and it's just not right the entire time. Which was fine. I didn't have a problem with the voiceover dub like I normally do. All really? That stuff, it didn't bother me. What bothered me was, I guess because Showgirls was kind of in fresh in my mind, and it had that same thing that we talked about with Showgirls, where it was trying to be sexy, but there was nothing sexy about it. Like the kisses were uncomfortable. The incest stuff was weird. The women, like the one <laughs> woman, was I'm, making, I'm making a face because I don't remember any incest stuff. I really well, want. I want to know how they weren't really related. But I think in the beginning of the story, you were supposed to think that Owen Wil- Owen Wilson was related to the older lady. I want to know how they could have successfully done the incest thing for Travis's approval. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> How do you successfully do that? That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not into yeah, that. They didn't get the incest <laughs> just right. They didn't you know? get it right. No, what I'm saying is you're not supposed to find that sexy. But they weren't related. But they, I think I might have missed it. But I thought in the beginning you were supposed she, to think that he was his. Aunt, she was his aunt. Or no, something? she called. He called her aunt, but she said that he that she adopted. Okay. Him. He so they're not like blood a, related. He was like a loner. She took him in, basically. Okay. So Owen Wilson is into his <laughs> quote unquote aunt. Okay. Uh, not really, because okay. they established that they're not Dutch related. Dutch boy Owen Wilson. Yeah. Okay. So wait, before you continue, can I just say that this reminds me of an episode of Community where they're <laughs> they're talking about <laughs> they so the whole point is like Abed hasn't seen all of the movie. Or no, actually it was it's like a Game of Thrones. Okay. Like uh kind of kind of show and the one character Britta has read the books the water pitcher yes okay like that that's her okay. name gotcha and she's read the books and abed hasn't because he just watches tv mm-hmm. and she tries to spoil it for him okay anyway um who's the guy that had the late night show he's like uh oliver is his name john, uh, oliver. john oliver john oliver um friend of the show i met friend him. of the show john oliver Right. Um, he's like, it, when they mention the name of it, which I forget the name of it, he's like, oh, I love that show. They get the incest just right. <laughs> right. It's so good. So yeah. that's how. So but see, anyways. again, this movie's ahead of its time. It's not only a progenitor yeah. of Friday the 13th, but it also <laughs> would have fit better in a post-Game of Thrones world. So Yeah. No, it's it's very uh, Esterhouse. It seemed like a seven, like if, if Joe Esterhouse uh, or... Paul Verhoeven made a movie with their Super 8 films, like Spielberg style, when they were 
young teenagers, this would have been the movie they made. Does that make sense? Kind of. Uh, hey, I mm. got a follow-up from Marcel, my buddy that lives in Amsterdam. And he said okay. we hit the nail on the head that uh, basically Showgirls was Paul Verhoeven kind of making fun of Hollywood movies and doing so in a way that he could still get away with making movies here. So uh, okay. we were right. He is a good filmmaker, and he knew the whole time he was making a he was, trash movie. He was making a, okay. a turd. I believe it. But I wouldn't say that Whirlpool is bad on purpose, and I wouldn't even say that Whirlpool is bad. But if you are looking for alone time personal material, this may not be the place <laughs> no, uh, was to not. go. And if it I'm is the place it to go, it was reminiscent of those kind of movies. What's going on between those ears? You know what I mean? Like, uh, there was another movie. I think it was like Cinderella. They did like a, it was like in the 78 time period. It was just those kind of movies where they take a Cinderella story, but it's a, it's a softcore. And you're like, you're watching it. It's like, it's just not sexy. And just because they're naked doesn't make me want to watch this. Like, that's how I felt when I was watching this. I was like, okay, there's a play, the penthouse model in this movie that I'm supposed to be into, but she's just not sexy. The older lady I'm supposed to be into, and she was, ugh. um, So I, I wasn't finding that angle of the movie uh appealing. So then I tried to f- follow the killer aspect of the movie and the the photographer mm-hmm. and the the Jalo-esque, you know, Friday 13th kind of feel. Yeah. And I I it was interesting, had a little bit of Norman Bates going, a little bit of yeah. Jason. Uh it was it was okay, kind of like there's been movies in the 80s that had the same stuff in this movie. So I was getting it, but I just it just, it just never won me over. So I watched it twice. And I felt a little better about it the second time, but it's definitely not a movie that I will own and or watch multiple times. No, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I it's uh it's no coming to America. Oh my god, <laughs> I it it's uh, I mean I I witnessed it, and it's you know and and here I am, uh. <laughs> I'm different than I was before because I've watched this movie now. There's a whole, you know, uh, hour and some change minutes worth of content in my brain that wasn't there before. So, uh, that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, as far as, you know, I, I don't see the value in it. Oh, but you that will. To, to, oh, to put it nicely. But you and, will. They reference Shakespeare. There's a there's a Caesar Julius Caesar moment in this movie, where they talk about the triumvirate. It's actually a prototype of that. the Caligula story. If you wanted to stick <laughs> actually, with it to the, the end, yeah, the Caligula, yeah, that's true. And the and the bedrooms, some of the scenes in the bedroom were definitely a triumvirate. Yes, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> very true. So, um, but like it's a so, word we learned last year, and now I use it a lot. It's so funny <laughs> that like we can say things like that. But then also say this movie was unsexy, completely. It was uh, like, and I wanted to. I wanted to debate. Hi, this is Dan M. Post. Listeners, I want you to pay attention to the fact that there's disappointment from George and Travis that this movie presented sex and wasn't sexy. They have this like privileged stance that if there is sex in a movie, it must be also titillating to them. And beyond that, it almost like enrages them, or at least it gets under their skin that there is sex present and it's not titillating to them. It's a really interesting thing to watch. And we're working hard to break them of that habit, but well, just listen where they go from here. But I was just like, yeah, I'm not the the lead woman was like repulsive to me. She was supposed to be, I think. You think? Because she's the most malicious. Okay. I think. And but also I don't know who she is in real life, you know, IRL. I'm sure she's been like a But she's an icon. old and she gets naked. Yeah, but like that is like I think pretty mm, brave. Yeah, no, she looked fine. Like she didn't look her age body-wise. Like, her face looked older than her body, definitely. I think. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm the, I'm not going to comment on her body. Okay. This 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 way or that way. All I'm saying is you don't see 
a woman of that age nude in right. films ever. Helen Mirren in this movie would have been awesome. When it happens in modern Hollywood, it's a big deal, and it's celebrated, and you know, there's like yeah. Oscar buzz no, and stuff. I, was it Diane Keaton did it in that uh, Nicholson movie recently? She did Full Frontal. There you go. And she was like in her s- late 60s, early 70s. There you go. So this is, what What year was this movie, Dan? 1970. 1970. So I have to give her that. Kudos. Like it, It's the same kind of credit that I have to give to, there's a uh, a gentleman in our local that um that likes mannequins. No, he likes <laughs> okay. mannequins. Okay. Right? Uh, he has a wife. We joke that like he has a wife, but his side check is a mannequin. Okay. Oh, jeez. And but shout out to that. L- guy. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> this guy, um, you know, as weird as he is, or this or that, like he owns that mannequin. He owns oh. it. He owns who <laughs> yeah. he is. He's like, this is me. Make fun of me. Don't make fun of me. I don't care. I like mannequins. Okay. And that's and that's brave. What if he does care? And if you do that make fun brave. of him, you end up a mannequin. Yeah. yeah, it's like a Tales that, from the that's Crypt true. episode. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've never actually worked with a guy. If I did work with a guy, I think I probably would have a pretty good time with him because I have a good time with everybody. But, like, isn't that brave to be like, listen, true. I'm into mannequins. I'm not hiding it. Yeah. It is what it is. There you go. We are going to have to watch Tourist Trap, though. I buy dolls. I get it. There you go. Travis is into mannequins. My, my, my friends say it all the time. They joke about, oh, you and your dolls. It's he like, loves no, they're action figures. He they loves call them dolls. He loves dolls. Yeah, it's fine. fine. It's fine. So, anyways, I equate it to to that kind of thing. Like, this is me. Uh, you know, Putting here I am. Out there. Right. You know, boom, boom. Total confidence. Total, whatever. No, I I don't even think it was the maliciousness because because uh. Sharon Stone's character in Basic Instinct. Oh, she's no Sharon Stone. She's no Sharon Stone, but like it's the same <laughs> maliciousness. Like, yes, but she yes. comes off sexy, even when you know Who she's Sharon a killer. Stone does. Yeah, yeah. Even absolutely. you know she's a shitty piece of garbage. <sighs> this is this is different. You though. still find her sexy. Don't this d- please. Movie, I I I actually no still like Sharon Stone's character. Please do not don't ruin it. Pollute. Sharon Stone with this. <laughs> um, I just snorted. Great. So it's good for radio. Um, yeah. Let's just keep Sharon Stone's okay. name out your motherfucking mouth. Keep Sharon mouth, Stone's okay? name out your fucking mouth. So good. I still like that movie. So well, let's get into yeah. the weeds a little bit, listeners. If you aren't convinced by now that you need to at least watch this movie once, uh, what the fuck? Watch this movie. Yeah, it's, it's probably cheap to rent. Yeah, you can do a free trial on the Arrow thing. And watch it. It set us into turmoil. I mean, so you should at least watch it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm drinking. I don't even drink, and I'm drinking. Yeah, really somehow well. we pushed pushed Travis to drink. It was bound to happen yeah. with one of these. And Jose, you did it. I mean, it's a fruity beer, but I'm still drinking. The hell. This episode brought to you by Juicy Bomb. The Juicy, Juicy Bomb. The IPA. It's actually a Juice Bomb Northeastern IPA by Sloop Brewing. Sloop. And it's got some Illuminati and, pyramid shit on the front, too. And listen, the nice. beer is so good that I don't even care that I'm not getting paid for this ad. <laughs> sloop, sloop a doobie, like yeah, Scooby Doobie. We're supported by Dogfish, but we're going to plug this beer. Fuck it. I wish I was supported by Dogfish. <laughs> Dude, are, we have like nine, guys are so cool. nine breweries in our area. We should get some sponsorships. Yeah, start making Damn phone it. calls. We'll, we'll put them on the shit. show. Yeah, it is kind of like very well known that I drink while we're... Absolutely. While we're recording. This so episode brought like, to you, and then you do the, you open ex- it, boom. Dude, you could that's even, brilliant. You could start rating the movies by how many beers you had to drink to talk about them after. That's true. Now, uh, Whirlpool, 1970, Jose Laura. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're trying to get sponsorships, Dan. <laughs> must we go back to talking about Whirlpool? We do have to At talk about Whirlpool. Let's get the company that makes Whirlpool tubs or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes, man. Whirlpool. I love <laughs> I love their dryers. They their do dryers. make dryers. Their, that is their true. dishwashers are fantastic. I need a washer. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> hey, uh <laughs> Whirlpool. George, All right. let me take you back to the twenty twenty. Pandemic's mm, raging. Yep. We're in our basements yep. recording this mm-hmm. show, getting ready to release it. Yep. Yes. And I made you watch clips from a movie called A Bay of Blood. Do you remember that? Vaguely, yes. Yep. So, if I were to send you a screenshot from the first Friday the 13th, 
or mm-hmm. a bay of blood. I might not be able to tell the difference. You may not be able to distinguish them. And I would argue that if yeah. I sent you certain screenshots from Whirlpool, it would be a, in the same mix of like, I don't know which movie this is from, Dan. Stop sending me pictures. Uh, between which two movies? Any of the Whirlpool three. And any of the three. Whirlpool, Whirlpool Bay of Blood, Fred of the 13th. Any of that like okay. out by the water stuff, in the woods stuff, all of it's autumn, all of it's dark, all of it's dreary. Given that you haven't watched any of those movies in a while, uh, except for Whirlpool, uh, a year from now, you wouldn't necessarily be able to distinguish one screenshot from another because they all kind of exist in a very similar milieu of uh, autumn dreariness. I don't okay. even think you would be able to differentiate Sleepaway Camp from Friday 13th. <laughs> well, he needs <laughs> yes, to get I on would. that. Uh, <laughs> yes, I would. Uh, I mean, there is... Well, uh, anyway, uh, Sleepaway Camp... Listen, I don't hate Sleepaway Camp. It's wonderful. So. It's beautiful. This movie beautiful. also wonderful, but in a different way. And not the weird thing about Whirlpool that I will tell you is most people are going to find it an unenjoyable journey. But that doesn't make it a bad watch. It's just a different attitude. Like it's not going to have the funniness of a sleepaway camp. The romp rompiness of a sleepaway camp. But it is it's an it's an interesting watch and I dare say creepy in a good way might be how I would go for it. Like yeah, it's not sexy, but it's like the escalation of the sexual stuff in this movie makes it creepier than if it was just people at a bar acting the same way in public with their clothes on. Mm. I was a little creeped out when John Cena attacked that woman in the in the woods. Dun, dun, John dun, Cena dun. with a wig on. <laughs> the dun, one dun, guy dun, looked dun. just like John Cena with a wig on. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the the burly guy that kept raping the women in the in the woods. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Dude, there's like three rape <laughs> scenes in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, a lot. Dude, I I don't know how I got through it, honestly. I was trying to watch it with all kids awake <laughs> in my in my living room. I paused it like nine times because I had to watch it. This movie was is coming difficult over. to pause. Like, there's not really, toward the middle, there no. are no good times to pause this movie if people None. are coming in the room. None. If it's... I didn't know Spag was going to fall asleep, I wouldn't have tried to watch it with my kids home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I would have man. waited till midnight, but yeah, it was tough because I didn't know what was coming up next. No pun intended. And uh, and it's, it, like Jen walked in the room twice, and she's like, "What are you watching?" And it's like <laughs> basically a porno. It's a porn. Go I, away. But I don't want to watch it. I'm not. I'm not into it. <laughs> it's a porn, and I hate it. You were a victim just as much as the women in this movie, having I watched did. this felt- movie. There's a picture of me in my kitchen screaming at a cameraman <laughs> hanging on the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah. So here's the thing. And then guys. it says the end next to it. <laughs> it's, it's a porno, but I don't want to watch it. <laughs> They're making me watch it in a van down by the river. It's very meta in that way. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Here's the thing. Anyway. This movie comes out in 1970, right? I was five. When we're talking about like what movies look like, in 1970, they don't look like this yet. But 1973, 74, 78, they do look like this mm. by that time. This is like when cutting you say edge. Like this, I mean, like mean? at some point we'll have to. I don't know when we're ever going to fit it in to the episode uh, schedule. But this movie predicts where they're going to go with a movie called Last House on the Left. <laughs> it pre- predicts. It predicts. <laughs> It's a post-dick, a yo. Have you ever <laughs> heard of a movie called The Last House on the Left? I have. Yes. yes, I have. Now, I will give you a quick review of how I came to know that movie as a kid uh, at Blockbuster. The place that won't mm. carry like adult movies because it could corrupt your children, but they'll carry Last House on the Left. Yikes. Uh, the summary mm. on the back of that box was like, these two girls go to a concert, and along the way they get kidnapped. And then their parents get revenge, and the revenge is gory, and they're going to get revenge, and the parents get revenge, and it's so much revenge you can't believe it. But then it turns out the runtime of the movie is like literally an hour and ten minutes of them being abused in the really? woods by these yeah. rapist people, and then like five minutes of revenge tacked on at the end. Mm. Ew. The classy version of a movie is uh, A Clockwork Orange. <laughs> like, if you want to watch a classy version of Last House on the Left, 
Clockwork Orange. I have seen a Clockwork Orange. I enjoy that movie. Yes. But somehow I don't think it's the same. No, there's that uncom- Those are there's a lot of uncomfortableness movies. in that movie. They're definitely different movies, but I mean like that that home invasion in that movie. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember is that for what sure. Last House on the Left is the whole time. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know if I could yeah. watch that. And that's the thing. Uh because this Whirlpool is before Clockwork Orange. Whirlpool right. is before Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left is the movie that was produced by Sean Cunningham and directed by Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Guys that go on to make Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. So yeah. we're at this point. This movie fits in an interesting transitional period where you go from movies that are starting to push the boundary. Like there are now adult movies that are playing in regular theaters and art house theaters in the late 60s that have nudity. And some sex, but very, very limited. There are movies that are starting to get bloodier and more violent. But you don't have this nexus of, like, all the worst horrible elements until later in the 70s in the U.S. But this little underseen gym kind of bridges that gap in a lot of ways and doesn't get any credit for it because most people haven't seen it. Right. Uh, now, Last House on the Left is a remake, essentially of a movie from 1960 called The Virgin Spring, which is directed by Ingmar Bergman. Now, Ingmar mm. Bergman, one of my favorite European directors. Friend of the show. Actual yes. classy movie. Like, actual classy director. Uh, the kind of guy who, you know, is an actual, like, film school guy that you would study and be expected to know his work. Along with a Fritz Lang, you're going to have an Ingmar Bergman. Mm-hmm. But what they do by the time Whirlpool comes out is they're taking those ideas... And just just making them into like exploitation in a way that we hadn't seen yet, but we're going to see repeatedly in the 70s. In a lot of ways, Whirlpool indicates the beginning of the 70s, the same way that Psycho indicates the beginning of the 60s. But Psycho is a world famous movie and nobody's seen Whirlpool. And that's weird. Uh, In your face, sexual uh, content is becomes very prominent but it's always been sexy that was this was the first time where i don't even think they wanted it to be sexy no it wasn't supposed to be sexy this movie. Yeah. uh it, it's a good bait and switch <laughs> pun intended uh mm. to get people into the audience mm. with a trailer that looks like it'll be titillating right mm. you you could have uh you know naked ladies on the lobby cards been a while since we talked about lobby cards but lobby you know cards, yeah. that's true on a lobby card you'd see four boobs and a dude and be like hey <laughs> this movie seems That's a movie I just watched like a We're movie watching I watch. next week for boobs and dudes. <laughs> but then you get into the movie and it really is just I mean from the first frame of this movie it is morose and it is dark and he's just you know pulling a boot out of the swamp and you're just like what this is not the yeah. movie I signed up for Yeah, you know, from the first scene just watching him row around the lake in his boat mm. And the music and everything that was happening, the credits are rolling, and I'm like, I'm going to hate this fucking movie. Well, and see, that is this... an interesting point, because when you watch the beginning of this movie, you have a choice to make as, a, as an audience. And your choice is either, this is really slow, I'm choosing to be bored, or, why are they making this so slow, I'm going to pay more attention. And if you make no, the wrong I choice don't... at the beginning, it can be, uh, it can be yeah, trouble. Yeah, I don't... I don't think it was because it was slow. I think it was just because the feel, it was like, mm, this is this is going to be corny. This is foreign. This is not Hollywood. It's British. This I mean, is, it's not super foreign. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's not Hollywood. It's not Hollywood. I, there's there's one thing. Listen, I I <laughs> I shit I I mean, I I shit on Hollywood all the time. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Hollywood, right? But the thing about Hollywood is they make damn good movies. Mm-hmm. Eh. They make, well, well they Psycho. make movies the right way. Think about Psycho. Uh, when I was watching this movie, I was thinking of Psycho a lot. And okay. I was thinking, okay, Psycho takes the time in the beginning to establish certain things that you're going to need later, as does this movie. It establishes okay. a shit ton of things just with, just with that boat ride, that rowing around. Mm-hmm. You're learning about this character without him talking. Uh, Shout out to Owen Wilson's first movie. Um, <laughs> you're learning a lot about him, and then they cut to the the 
the female couples, you know, the Alka-Seltzer scene. And yep. then you kind of learn a little bit about them. But you're, like you said, I'm already on watch. <laughs> yeah. By that point, I'm like, okay, these two are n- repulsive. He was repulsive. Purposely done, probably. But I'm not, I'm not sure I want to go on this journey. So, therefore, I'm not checking out yet. But I'm, I'm gonna, I want to see. Well, listen, it's, it's obviously not the worst movie I've ever seen, because there was a movie that I turned it off right. <laughs> multiple so times. Let's just, let's right. just, multiple let's times. just put that a out week there to get you to watch that. There movie. was a movie that I just, I got three quarters of the way through, and I said, nope. No more. You I'm not doing any more of way this. Way too much from that movie. This might okay? need to be the tagline for this movie on our YouTube. Might need to be, "It's better than Wild Things!" Exclamation <laughs> so, point from George. And, and also, I think I made the right decision, Travis, because I turned Wild Things off before you saw uh, Kevin Part, Bacon partial come out of the shower. Yeah. Yes. So, I think by turning it off, I made the correct decision. <laughs> You were still waiting to see Nate Campbell's tits, but I was like, I don't even care. You don't even care. This movie's garbage, and I turned it off. And then we recorded a podcast about how I turned it off. Yes. So Whirlpool is not that bad. Right. So I put it up there with that's my endorsement. Westworld. When I was watching Westworld, I never really bought into the time period of it. The feel of it. Uh-huh. I didn't like how it was done, but I, I appreciated the story because it was Michael Crichton. I knew what he was trying to say. You know what's funny? It's like, I don't remember what my opinion of Westworld was at right. the time, but I kind of have a nostalgia for it now. Right. I don't think I liked it when I first watched <laughs> no, it. No, you didn't. Not at all. <laughs> you didn't. I, I didn't like it at all. No. But well, every time we talk about Westworld, now I'm like, oh yeah, that was the thing that got us right. to Jurassic Park. Yes. Well, and he had all those and like so things in his face, all the yeah, all the components that were through hole and not surface right. mount. Yes. All the, I just all the think of all my issues I have with that movie, yeah. and I was supposed to like it because it's a classic and it's like cinematic history, blah blah yeah. blah. But my, the issues I had with that movie are the same issues I had with this movie. I know I'm supposed to like it. I know it's I it's it's a it's a, a bridging movie that takes me to other movies that I do like, but I just wasn't buying into the filmmaker's vision and what they were showing me. Yeah. So then I was kind of checked out, but I did finish it and I did watch it twice. Amazingly, that's yeah, that's so saying something. First time I I obviously watched it a little quicker because, uh, you know, I didn't watch all the details that I should have watched. But the second time around, I did watch it. As if I was supposed to watch it. And I still didn't get out of it what I was supposed to get out of it. <laughs> but I did see the references, and I understand all that stuff. I even caught references that haven't been talked about. But, yeah, I just wasn't... I, I think I just didn't like this filmmaker's movie. Well, and it is his a, first film. Uh, he comes okay. out of the comics world. And so if you if I tell you that, and you go back and think about it, and if you hadn't already watched it twice, I'd make you watch it again. Uh, the way that he uses the full frame... Mm-hmm. of the shots looks a lot like what they did in a history of violence and what they've yes. done in other direct adaptation type movies. Rarely do you have an actual comics artist directing the movie. Uh, Frank Miller did a couple of movies, but they weren't any yeah. good. So he's, uh, he's making doing frames, but basically. he's doing frames and he's doing it in a very effective way. But uh, his pacing is a little weird. I don't think that in general, this would be considered like anywhere near his best movie, let alone a movie that would normally be talked about on a show like ours, uh, which is to say some people don't think it's good. Uh, I like this movie a lot. <laughs> I think it's fucking gross. And it's like, does, it's shot in such a way that it's just the whole time you're on this edge of like, oh, I can't endorse or look away from anything that's happening in this weird fucking movie. But the guy, LaRoz, he ends up making oh, cool. a bunch of movies that are basically the same movie over and over again as he kind of gets it more and more... <laughs> Correct? Like, his first three movies are, like, the same movie over and over again. Uh Uh-huh. But then, he makes a movie called Symptoms, starring the daughter of Donald Pleasance, which Mm. is regarded as, like, a a minor British classic. Like... Marcy Pleasance? Marcy Pleasance? Marcy Pleasance. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Sex, Candy, and Symptoms. Uh, It was a great thing. Uh, But no, uh, 
Symptoms, the movie, is like in the British Film Institute collection, which is, you know, like kind of like their criterion, but bigger. Uh, it's a real okay. deal, excellent film, way more low-key, way less gross than the movie you just okay. watched. He also did a movie called Vampires, which I have a feeling we're going to watch sometime next year. That is all the things that this movie got right, and then all the stuff that was wrong corrected. That I think you you're actually gonna really like. I think I I think I own that. It's in the three pack I sent you. Yeah, it's in the it's in the box set. Yes, that and, you sent me right. Yeah. And it is fucking brutal. I can't wait to watch it. It's awesome. Uh, but back to Whirlpool. Yeah. Did you notice that there are like prototypical versions of what you're going to see in Friday the 13th as far as character development goes where you have the Mrs. Voorhees type threatening woman of age and the crazy Ralph character with the flute kind of milling about and then kind of like not necessarily a son but definitely a next generation down younger guy killing people Mm -hmm. like that's where I got the Norman Bates feel from it yeah, I would say I would say Norman Bates more than Jason Voorhees. Oh, a hundred percent. But these but. are still relation because remember the Friday the Thirteenth formula is essentially psycho on its head, mm-hmm. where instead yeah. of the killer kid obsessed with mom, it's the killer mom obsessed with kid. Yep. But here you get killer kid. <laughs> I don't want to say banging fucking mom. mom. But yeah, banging the <laughs> banging the the older female character. But then he's the one doing the killing instead of her, so it is kind of psycho, but it's also maybe a bit more <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how like uh killer mom obsessed with kid works. Killer kid obsessed with mom works. But what you just said, whatever killer that kid was banging mom killer doesn't kid work. banging mom <laughs> and murdering doesn't work. Right. It's <laughs> How could you know until you make the movie, right? You just roll the dice. I guess guess so. But it's that thing where we're playing with different permutations of the same pieces from Psycho, and that continues on through Friday the 13th, uh, just as a way to exploit the existing material and try to squeeze more bucks out of an audience. I mean... Just moving pieces around within the same little universe. That that's a stretch. The under but okay. The underlying tone of necrophilia in this movie <laughs> was very very uncomfortable. I don't know. Nobody was dead in this movie, right? Uh, hold on. Hold there on. was the mm. the old lady he was banging pretty close. Oh. Um, <laughs> she was like forty five or something. She wasn't that old. But it was like he was so young. It just was weird. And then. Uh, the it's the, supposed to be uh, weird. The <laughs> wooded said she was close. <laughs> <laughs> the wooded uh, raping scenes where they almost bring the person to death was kind of weird. Like kinda almost weird. like let's. It's almost like grave robber type shit. Kind of weird. Like didn't crime he, scene like, at banging. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, re- refresh <laughs> my memory. What didn't he like? Stab the one chick. Yeah, at the end. Okay. Then he was like, "What were they like?" What did he do? Was okay, he like so making out with I, what I was happening remember. in those shots? And it, it brings up if you can get past the initial revulsion that you feel toward all these characters, there are some really interesting nuances to what everybody's actually doing in this movie. Mm-hmm. So the woman that gets stabbed is stabbed accidentally, or at least without the knowledge of the photographer. He doesn't know that that's going to happen. It involves basically he's setting up these women. Uh, spoiler alert! Here, we'll just no, get into no, spoilers. no, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when he chases her into the, the main creep. chick. Oh, when the, she gets the, killed, the, the second chick. When she gets killed, the he's like, movie. "I won't kill you if you like do this or that." I don't. I don't even remember so, what he said. The only but thing, but he ends up stabbing her anyway. But like in the midst of like while they're like, doing. The romantics. It wasn't even romantic. I shouldn't. Even it was say very romantic. Rob Zombie. The, that that ending is very on, Rob Zombie. The come yeah, on. it was it was come on, and it was and but he was also he also ends up killing her and continuing his weird Again. rapey come on. Yeah, necrophilia. And then, yeah, it was it wasn't necrophilia because she wasn't dead dead yet, yet but he she was dying, dying though. Right, right. <laughs> it's real Still fucked creepy. up. Uh, Which is maybe worse. <laughs> he chuckles and says, "It's <laughs> yeah. real fucked up." Yeah, yeah it is. I'm like, maybe it's worse. <laughs> Go I don't on. know. It's all Go bad, uh, but it's supposed <laughs> to be bad. It's that thing where you're showing no, people you. horrible things, and I think we get so used to kind of sanitized, 
you know, even the Rob Zombie stuff, you always have this little bit of like, I don't know, you can put yourself into these characters and just be like, yeah, but we can look past these, these traits and maybe there's something redeemable in these people. No, not in this movie. These people no. suck. Because I was also getting a, a, a Ghislaine Maxwell uh Epstein feel from this movie. Yeah, I was like, I can it was, see that. you know, she's going out, she's hor- she's gathering people. He's gathering people. Like it was, it was like almost like forced sex slavery. But they're old enough to know better. Like it was just weird on multiple levels. Yeah, it wasn't forced, but it was very. No, it was like oh, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Ah, just kidding. Come here. We'll yeah, hug you. No, I let mean, me fucking kill you. <laughs> okay, but those things. So okay, a couple of things that happened in this movie, and it, whether these are intentionally done or if this is just he doesn't know what he's doing as a filmmaker yet. Mm. The basic premise you find out is that they basically had a a like a trio relationship, a thruple, mm. right? Where the aunt character has his has her girlfriend. <laughs> The, yeah, the triumvirate love triangle <laughs> thing. Right. But they also, as part of their thing, the creepy son guy, the creepy nephew. Owen uh, Wilson. Owen Wilson's lookalike, played by Carl yeah. Launchberry, Lanchberry, Theo. The kid, character's name is Theo. Theo, the photographer. Theo. Yeah, yes. Likes to take pictures of women. In distress. In, uh, in distress. And so to create that distress, he has that bargain with the drug dealer guy. Uh, John Cena. John Cena. <laughs> uh, to basically put the women into peril so he can get good quality, he says, creepy pictures of them in distress. Yeah. And so you have this like imagined it's... time before the movie takes place where they are in like this balance of Sarah, the older lady, getting what she wants, Carl, uh, Theo, the younger guy, getting what he wants, being able to be in this little arrangement in the thruple or whatever but then because she's killed the first girl they go about trying to recreate that magic again maybe this time with less murdering how many bodies are in that lake spoiler alert two there's not less murdering this time well but but the thing is the thing is uh the girl at the beginning of the movie that the alka-seltzer girl you notice that she just leaves right Yes. yes she doesn't end up in that lake because Sarah, the older lady, is not a murderer. She just likes to get drunk with women and bang them. Right. In the hopes that they can rekindle the magic that they had with the first girl. So she is a problem, right? She is a problematic character, but she's not a murderer. And Theo only kills the last girl because she went into his photo studio and found the evidence that he was involved in the murder of the the first girl that they actually had a thing for. So... John Cena was there, but you couldn't see him. They're making a series of terrible decisions and bad <laughs> choices in this movie, but they're not necessarily like murderers until the very end of the movie when it turns out that they are murderers, or at least the Theo guy's a murderer. So mm. it's interesting. Theo. It's more complex than just these people are all bad, murder, murder, murder. Yeah, this isn't the Texas not Chainsaw here, yeah. family uh, from 73, but it's certainly not people you want to run into. Instead of the graveyard of cars that you see in Texas, you're basically like, how many times have they done this? Uh, this movie, the whole time I'm thinking, how many bodies are in that lake? Like, we're just getting a snippet. I think only two. Yeah, it's just the yeah, two. Yeah, probably only two. Yeah. Because they seem pretty, like, figured out. Like, they had a system. But remember that... How many, how he, many F-ups? Yeah, the, yeah. Well, you say that the, the old lady was, like, not, like, really that terrible. Oh, no, she was bad. She's just not a murderer. She had a lot of other not, really okay, bad things right. going on. But Theo is. Fair, how many times did things enough. get messed up is my question. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I There's just the way, like... I mean, that old man just kicked the can over, uh, and he was dead. So That's true. One of the interesting things, you know... Yeah, I guess the, we can't forget the guy that gets killed for trying to find the first girl. But uh, again, you know, they're basically Paul. covering for their their horrible mistake of letting that one girl get killed by John Cena. And then this movie is what happens in the immediate aftermath. Now, one okay. of the weirder things, if you watch the European cut, which is on, I think, a VHS only, they add my favorite thing from the, this era, which is the tacked on narration ending. You know, mm. kind of like what Psycho does where they explain everything that's happened so that you have closure. Right. 
Is yep. it done by John Larroquette? There's a couple of Italian movies I know where, like, right at the end of the movie, as the credits roll, there's, like, a little bit of narration totally blunting the ending of what you just saw. And so right. with this movie, the okay. very end is, like, they called the police, and then we and he was taken to jail. Like, Right. Okay. More, fif- more 50s, not so 70s. Yeah, That's very it. 50s. Yeah. One of my favorite endings from a giallo I don't even like that much, uh, so I won't tell you which one. Basically, the priest ends up the killer, and he's killing children. And at the end of the movie, somebody yells from a window, Hey, it turns out he wasn't even really a priest. He was just pretending. Hmm. And I'm like, well, that'll get you past the censor board, I guess. But (laughs) That'll get you what? That'll get you past the the censor censor board, board. but, you know, kind of blunts the power of your movie. Like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, sure does. But yeah, there's that shot where Tulia, she's like the main girl in this movie, is walking yeah, through Tulia. the woods being stalked by Theo. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, it's every, it's like a very prototypical lightweight version of what you'll see in Chainsaw yeah. and in Friday and in every movie that copies off these movies. They even do the footstep close up. Yes, like they the do. Feet. Yeah, I saw that. I see you. And then I'm going to remind you guys. I can see your feet. I can see your feet. <laughs> that doesn't apply to Jason. Did anybody ever stop and think why in Friday the Thirteenth they play strip Monopoly? Yeah, doesn't yeah. that feel like a thing when you're a screenwriter? You're like, man, we can't. We gotta do strip poker, but everybody's seen strip poker. We gotta do something different. We'll do strip Monopoly. Well, what even puts that into the back of your mind? I mean, I want to know why Betsy Palmer wasn't bringing people back to her room. That's my question. I don't want to see that. I mean, just wait for that prequel Friday the 13th show. Maybe we'll get oh, horny yeah. Mrs. Voorhees. I'll tell you what, we in the Bates Motel prequel TV show, we got a really awesome Norma Bates. So. She was pretty good when she was played kinda... by Olivia Hussey in Psycho 4. Yeah, but Vera did much better. But she's no Olivia Hussey. But I got four seasons of her. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But yeah, so uh, going forward, we will hopefully get to watch Vampires sometime next year. Uh, and you're going to be like, wait a minute, this is just an isolated country house in England. <laughs> it's like, isn't this the same movie as Whirlpool? But then you'll mm. see, oh no, Tra- this is the trading place. Whirlpool is the trading places of uh, vampires coming to America. And you'll see how that all falls into place next year. Interesting. It's the Jurassic Park to the Westworld. It's the yeah. yes. the next step. It's interesting how that filmmaking. happens. Well, you learn things yeah. over years, and then you get a chance. Yeah. yeah. Something looks budget. great on the page, and then you do it, and everybody's like, ugh. You're like, oh, but that part worked. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then the other part didn't. Okay, well, fix And then it. you get you get to refine it, release it again as something that's completely different, but not really. And... Maybe it maybe the second time or third time around, like it's a hit. Yeah. Yep. And we figured it or out. Or the bigger budget makes it better, which makes it more mainstream, which maybe. makes people recognize maybe. it as one of your great films when then they go back and watch your older films. They're like, Oh my god, you were a genius all along. Right. So yeah. I don't know for sure that the guys who made these movies later saw this movie or if it's just something else in the Zeitgeist that brought it all together. But this is the earliest example I've seen of a movie that really looks like 73, 74, 78, right? I'd never seen anything that looked like I Spit on Your Grave or Last House on the Left mm. earlier than Last House on the Left. Like what was I really, the other Craven that uh, was... The Hills Have couple, Eyes. What's it? Hill, Hills Have Eyes, that's yeah. right. All those movies come out after this movie. And whether he's seen any of these at this point, who knows? But they told us that they'd never seen A Bay of Blood, and yet Last House on the Left played next to Last House on the Left Part 2, which was just a fake name for A Bay of Blood. So you can't believe anything they tell you. No. They didn't see it in school. They saw it years later. They didn't see it in film school. They saw it years later, after they'd already made Halloween. And I, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe. But this one does have strip poker in the most menacing way I've ever seen it presented. Like, Mm. that's the thing. Here's the thing. Have you ever seen strip poker in a movie that wasn't, like, fun, drunken, bacchanalia silliness? Mm -mm. That's true. I never thought of a way to make that, like, horrifying. 
But yeah, I'm it's uncomfortable like teenagers for that. doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, and yeah. this is just it's like it's usually like exhilarating. It's not Mrs. It's Habisham. Like, there's trying a, to... there's like <laughs> adrenaline happening, and it's like uh, this is exciting and fun and crazy. You didn't think you were going to get a great expectations. No, that did was you? that was a good pull. Yeah, nice. But yeah, I Person. don't know. I mean, that's the kind of thing. That's where I think Laraz is doing. Al Ghul. <laughs> yeah, Laraz Al Ghul is doing great work. Even if it's not pleasant, right? Like, oh, shit. it reminds me kind of of, uh, do you remember in the Batman movie where Vicky Vale had recently come back from Cordo Maltese? Yes. I was just thinking about that portfolio when you were talking about this. That's that. Are you this d- movie is her portfolio where it's like, yes, most people are going to look at it and find it unpleasant. But man, if we could mm-hmm. find the Joker, he'd be all about this movie. All the bodies. He'd be- you give them such... He'd be baiting and switching the whole time through this movie because it's so fucking gross. See. But when was the last time you watched a movie? Here's a question. When was the last time you watched a movie that was so committed to being gross on purpose, besides Showgirls? The Fly. So is this the sexy fly? Fly had a lot of sex. I thought the fly was kind of (laughs) sexy. I think the fly was sexier. Well, Uh, that's uh, the thing. This isn't sexy. But it's gross no. in the sexy column, right? Like if they had to pick which column to put the grossness, there's not a lot of gore in this. There's it's, a little bit of blood. Yeah, this no. is this is gross sex. Yeah. Whereas the fly was gross science sex. with sex. Yeah. Yes. I equate it to, and I know Walmart's never going to be a sponsor. I equate it to going to Walmart. <laughs> watching this movie like i needed yeah. a shower after i watched it <laughs> well <laughs> and that's it's effective yeah. right it makes you want not a good shower whereas yeah <laughs> yeah that's ugh. a different shower that's the emmanuel shower that's the emmanuel different. shower yes where it's a little more subtle yeah well subtle. i don't know if subtlety was emmanuel's <laughs> that's true but at least it was sexier now do you guys remember when we talked about psycho here's another movie we'll have to watch soon i think uh and it will bring you back to whirlpool i think it'll actually put whirlpool into a better light a little bit there's a movie called Peeping Tom from England, mm. came out the same year as Psycho. Now, of course, Hitchcock is English, but he's releasing movies in the U.S. by 1960. But Peeping Tom... Is this where you tell me Hitchcock stole everything from an old English movie no, to no, make no, no, Psycho? No, no. I'm going to cry. No, but... <laughs> no, Hitchcock... Norman was a Peeping Tom. <laughs> everybody else stole stuff from Hitchcock, and then from okay. each other, from what they'd already stolen from Hitchcock. Uh, gotcha. I can't find any evidence to the contrary. But the thing is, 1960, you get the movie Psycho, you get the movie Virgin Spring, which goes on to be Last House on the Left later, uh, almost note for note, just in a modern setting instead of the medieval years. You also get Peeping Tom, which is all about voyeurism and, Mm -hmm. in that case, moving photography. It's it's video photography. So you've got these elements that, I think Whirlpool integrates that peeping Tom element a little bit more than even the Friday the 13th to the last houses, because you have this sense of like, she's watching them. He's watching them. You know, he's taking pictures of them in the midst of a tryst. He's taking pictures of uh, the distress in the woods, right? Like he is the peeping Tom character from the original movie, but just it's 1970s now. So things are way worse. So we'll need to look into that more going forward. Also, going way back to season one, we talked about how there was an attack in the movie, I believe, Frenzy, from Hitchcock, where he's now an old man trying to shoot movies that look like basically this movie and Last House. The early 70s, young, edgy, horrifying filmmakers, Texas Chainsaw, these movies. And Frenzy fails in a lot of ways because he uses his 1940s and 50s vocabulary visually to try to present basically a sexual assault. But not being young and and unwilling to shoot as grimy as you'd need to to make that a compelling, horrifying thing like this movie. And instead it comes off clumsy and weird and and not very lovely. Uh, That's a reference to the scene if you've seen Frenzy. Anyway. Right. Whirlpool may not have been your favorite movie yet, guys. But as we talk about these other movies going forward, I'm going to circle back over and over, just as I have with the Friday movies. And I think you're going to see that there's a lot in this movie and in the time that this movie comes out that, like, 
I don't know if it's a good change, but I think it's definitely a sign that things are changing yes. and headed in a new horrifying direction. <laughs> I, I, I think we actually had our first episode where even though we didn't, George and I didn't like it, it was a teachable moment. And I'm not saying I like it now, but I I kind of feel I feel the why we watched it, and thank you for showing me something I probably would have never watched, and probably will never watch again. But at least I understand. I also understand, and also <laughs> this is like. <laughs> And also, Confession. no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no thank you, but he understands. I understand. Uh, it's like watching, like, basically, you made us watch Sharknado so that we could watch Jaws. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, or there's sharks in it. But, you know, did we really have to watch Sharknado? We started with sharks? Shaving Ryan's Privates, and next right. we'll watch Saving Private Ryan. Nice. Nice. I'm all for that. One cool thing with the European version of this, uh, all the black and white flashbacks were sepia-toned, so it just looked like okay. Texas Chainsaw. That was weird. Mm. Yes. But we didn't get that cool... Uh, oh, man. Without that sound, scenes. why even bother? Yeah, true. I will say, though, this movie, the first time I watched it, I was just like, I got to see everything this guy made, because this guy's fucking crazy. Mm. Like, there's something about his willingness to not... Cause when you, it's not a commercial movie at all. You can tell for sure. No, he did not make this movie thinking I'm going to make a lot of money. He made this movie for reasons, which I still am not completely clear on. I uh, think he made this movie knowing that there was a secondary market for soft core thrillers. Well, the crazy thing is that market doesn't really exist yet. I mean, there's little bits of like Joseph Sarno and other guys like that making movies that are sexy and making some money. But you're not talking about, like, the late 80s, early 90s thing. Hell, Deep Throat doesn't come out for another two years. So you're pre-porno chic, too. Because you remember, like, the 80s were full of movies like this on Cinemax. Basically, just stupid murder mystery, giallo-type movies where it just had sex in it. And people, we talked about it many times. Oh, yeah. Those kind of movies that people just... They didn't even want to watch it. They just had to watch. It was like when you drive down the highway and there's a train, a train hits a car. You want to drive slow <laughs> just to see if there's any bodies, <laughs> and you want to see if if you can see anything that's remotely disgusting, just well, so you can tell your friends, "Dude, I saw it." You can certainly see a lot of bodies in this movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> bodies I might not have wanted to see, but hey, it it was fun. So what are we watching next week? Next week. Next week is a movie just like this. Oh, man. It's essentially the sequel to this. But it's transitioning us toward the Christmas season. Word. We are watching a classic giallo. No, we're not a giallo. Uh, A movie called Coming to America. Get out of town. We're watching... Coming to America, and we're not watching the sequel with the two in it. We're no, watching no, no. Okay, the To version. Coming, not Terrell Owens, America. <laughs> Get your popcorn ready. Ah, shit. Yes. What do you know about Coming to America? Oh, I I know of it. <laughs> you know, um, of it? it's I know it's a uh, Eddie Murphy. Okay. Um, that's just about it. I know it's supposed to be hilarious. I I heard it was a drama. So we'll see. I suppose we will. <laughs> Can't wait. Nice. Party right, very time. Good. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they do that? Uh, I guess not. And thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. We'll be back next week. The 1980s classic, not the new one, coming to America.